Alright, James, are we on off of mute? Okay, sounds good. Alright, you are now done. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to episode number 31 of Malcast. So tonight, um, we are going to jump back onto the more serious side after a vicious debate last Friday uh, regarding Batman and Iron Man, and instead talk about another vicious debate, the 2022 midterm elections. So we're going to go through tonight, kind of try to see what... uh, We're going to talk about the predictions for the 22... Uh, midterm elections and also talk about potential 2024 candidates and uh, who's most likely to come out on top if that race were to happen today. So uh, everyone want to introduce yourselves? Jess, you can start. Hey, I'm Jessica Redmond and I definitely know the least about this topic. I probably, I, I don't know anything about this topic. So I will share my very ill-educated opinions and observations mike yep i'm mike and um abolish the epa that's fair that's That's pretty fair patrick go ahead uh my name is travis uh i heard that hi uh so i like long walks on the beach and classical music one of those two things is true both of them are actually true they're actually true (laughs) that's so sweet so before we get started tonight, uh, make sure to like, subscribe, share this video on YouTube. It really helps a lot. It makes a huge difference on getting our voices out there. It's not the easiest thing to do, being a small channel like this. And if you're on Twitch, also make sure to give us a cheeky little follow. And both on YouTube and Twitch, make sure you throw your comments, questions, concerns, gripes, and opinions into the chats. Uh, we'll read them throughout, and uh, if you give us any good good fodder, uh, any good questions, we'll even debate them a little bit. So, yeah, sure. Patrick, why don't you uh, why don't you get us into the topic here? Sure. Well, Mike just left. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm more than happy to get us into the topic here. Um, so, I'm just, I was looking at some polling uh, earlier today when we were talking about selecting a topic. Um, sorry, my baby cat is eating plastic right now. I'm pretty sure. Come on out there, but whatever. Um, so we're, I was looking at polling, and polling is very unreliable right now. I don't think it captures a whole lot of the population. It's been rather unreliable for the last two presidential races. Um, and even looking at the polls, they are reporting uh, Democrats uh, in the uh, generic ballot are up 3.1 points, uh, according to what I'm looking at here, which could be wrong by the time that you guys are looking at this. But if we take the margin of error that um, is available, it's about nine points. So with that poll, it could be in any direction um, from what they're telling us. And if we consider what happened in 2020, more likely than not, they are in favor of uh, Democrats on average, like five to seven points in their polling when they're not like they're they're adding an extra those amount of points through however they're conducting their polls or whatever. I, 
I know there's people out there that are like, oh, well, they're not doing that. They're just sampling and, you know, for all intents and purposes, they're favoring Democrats in their, in their uh, poll by about five points, let's say. Um, so in actuality, James is now leaving as well. Uh, nice, uh, <laughs> nice pajamas. It's okay. I think the cats are taking over the podcast. Nice, nice pajamas, James. Oh, my gosh. I have grown. I able to get in what I wanted to say, but nice pajamas, buddy. Thanks. My point, my point is, when you take into consideration all of these other variables that we are now aware of for the last two cycles, in actuality, what should be shown is Republicans are up about 1.9, I think. Um, you know, adding that extra five uh, point swing in for Democrats. And we have seen Biden steadily slipping in approval rating down from like 56 to. 49 or 48 mm-hmm. depending on who you ask um i and i think that that's you know pretty expected just looking at the way that things have been going uh biden is an incredibly divisive president right now um it's something like 86 percent or so of democrats approve of biden and or, okay so i've got the right here democrats approve 87 to 6 independents are 43 to 41 and republicans are disapproving 88 to 9 so that's like almost exactly 100% switch from Democrat to Republican, uh, and then pretty split when it comes to independence as well. Well, and so that, that is the definition of a divisive president. Yeah. It's not, you know, 50, it's not 50% of the country, you know, supports them, 50% doesn't in the terms of like 50-50, both Democrat and Republican. It's yeah. all of one side supports and yeah. all of one side hates. And if I you're think... on this side of the aisle, you don't like him for the most part, right? And then if you're on this side of the aisle, you do like him for the most part. And I don't think, uh, was the was hatred... Was that the same case with Trump? That was going to be my question. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what, what did you say? <laughs> I said, was that the same case with Trump? Uh, it, it was, but to a lesser degree, actually. Uh, there was less Republican support for Trump. And there's also less Democrat hate for Trump, if that's, you know, which might be hard to believe. I think it was in the 70s for him, um, whereas Biden's almost in the 90s. I think when he got elected, he was in 90, and he's actually gained a little bit of Republican support, actually, and lost Democrat support. Well, and I think that that has to do with the expectations coming in. I think Republicans expected him to come in and blow everything up, and Democrats expected him to come in and be Jesus. And, yeah, and, uh... and he's, uh, based on just polling... Um, he's blown everything up when it comes to foreign policy, gun policy, immigration issues, and is the Middle East issues. Because only so with those issues specifically, ninety-two percent approve with the Israeli-Palestinian issue, with fifty-one percent disapproving. This is from Quinnipiac or Quinnipiac. I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, we'll just go with that. Thirty-five uh, percent approve when it comes to immigration. Fifty-two percent disapprove or disapprove. 34% approve when it comes to gun policy, 49% disapprove, 39% approve when it comes to foreign policy, and 44% disapprove. The only thing that he is significantly above, the only thing that he's above 50% approval rating is response to COVID. When he came into office, we already had the vaccines. We already had all of these programs in place. So if he didn't stop them, I would approve of his handling of coronavirus, you know, if he didn't well... stop all the problems. And not 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 to belabor the point because we're not here to just to just talk about Biden, but um, it does seem that a lot of the programs that he has uh, more approval on are just continuation of Trump's. For example, yeah, his, his tariffs. For example, yeah, he's like con- like his handling of China, in my opinion, has been satisfactory so far. But he's just done what Trump was doing. Yeah, so. which I mean, 
you can't you can't fault him for that because it was working so oh yeah yeah exactly i'm not i'm not faulting him for actually taking the right stance on china at all absolutely uh and then when you get to favorability ratings of various elected officials uh which is weird that they have donald trump in here because he's not elected anymore right he's Mm -hmm. out of government um joe biden's at 49 percent favorable this is where i was talking about he slipped um 42 percent unfavorable uh, Donald Trump's at 37% favorable, 57% unfavorable, which you've seen. Uh, the unfavorable has actually shot up a lot, uh, but 37% has been pretty consistent. Pelosi's at 36%, uh, uh, and now everyone else is more unfavorable than the favorable, so I'm going to give you the first number I'm going to say is favorable, second is unfavorable. Pelosi's 36 favorable, 40, uh, against a 49 unfavorable. McCarthy... Uh, Kevin McCarthy is 12 to 33. Liz Cheney is 29 to 31. Chuck Schumer is 27 to 37. And McConnell is at a whopping 15 to 58. So he's not very well liked. I have to say that their leadership is not well liked by basically anybody at this point. Um, So with that in mind, the reason I wanted to bring up Biden is because he's kind of the the front of the Democrat Party, similarly to how Trump was when he was in office. Uh, And I think a lot of people during the midterms were coming out to vote against trump in a lot of ways very few people i think came up to support him because he wasn't on the ticket but you still had the democrats looking at him as the head of government and saying we need to stop this and you had a lot of democrat politicians i think it was something like in the 60s roughly who said listen we're going to end this divisiveness we're not going to impeach trump we're not going to we're going to work with him you know all these kind of things and then they turn around and immediately go right at him or whatever um yeah and slow. Okay, so we have a com. Yeah, I, I'm well aware of kibbles. Uh, so we got a comment from Highland. You state that we had programs in place yet the first few months of vaccine being rolled out, distribution was slow and ineffective. Which such programs were not as sturdy as you suggest. I never said they were sturdy. I just said we had programs in place. Um, first of all, and then second of all, yeah, of course it's going to be slow uh, because we were relying on the states, and that's going to be haphazard at best. I think um, some states did it better. Some states did it worse. Some states took different measures when it came to lockdown. Some t- states were open for the whole time, like South Dakota. I didn't see anything happen. Some states were closed down for the whole time and saw a bunch of things happen. And then you have, you know, like New York, for example. Uh, and then you have stuff in, in between, I think. So it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. I personally think that you can see, if you track COVID cases with the weather, you actually have a much stronger correlation than basically anything else, um, in my opinion. So, but you can correct me on that. If you I've never heard of that. You've never heard that? No. It's basically, it's a theory that has to do with the more time you spend indoors, the more likely like you're to see a, a spike. So in the South, so during the summer, we saw a huge spike in like the sunshine belt because everyone was inside because of AC. And then um, in the fall and in the spring, you would see in like the Northern part of the of the country, you saw like a huge spike. So, but then again, we also saw something, we you know, saw a big spike in the fall, but I would attribute that to that makes sense since i believe uh there has been actually no uh cases where covid has been passed to somebody else outside during the day i i don't know about that i can't Uh, that's 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 what i saw a couple days ago so i mean that very well might be true because we do know that uh the the virus degrades in sunlight as well so like that might have something to do with it which is why donald trump was suggesting we inject people with sunlight which i don't know how you would do that but so there's this like IV like thing that they do, and they like. What is this a real thing? Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's a real thing. thing. It's actually a thing, and it you looks like that. an IV, and it like shoots. Uh, you know, it, it puts UV light on your veins, and as your blood flows, 
it cleans your veins. Okay. Yeah, Fair Trump's enough. just not very good at explaining what he's trying to. No, he's not. He's not. I think you just shoot it up like a uh, cocaine or something. That's how you shoot up sunlight. And uh, Highland, yeah, if he had dismantled said programs, I think we'd be in a much worse place than we are now. Still, uh, I mean, I mean, that's the, look if at... you infer from what I said that they were working 100% perfect. Let me correct myself. They were not working 100% perfect. They're working as well as you can expect government to work. But which is not very. We'd be in a worse place. So, like the vaccines have been, I I think just looking at the data, I think the vaccines have been great for stopping the coronavirus, as we would expect. Not anymore. But you know, it's that uh, uh, the Pfizer vaccine has a 64% success rate now. I thought it was a why was that? It dropped from 94 to 64 because That's of the Delta. It. Of the Delta oh, variant. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, there you go. <laughs> Basically, you don't have a vaccine anymore. Well, you you <laughs> have one, but four percent is isn't good. Yeah, I diseases think, okay, evolve. That's it's not the thing. perfect, but it's better than nothing. You know, like it's better. It's better than licking doorknobs. All right, guys, let's bring it back to the election. Anyway, um. My point with bringing up that information is I think that, uh, you know, you can expect typically, I think 17 of the last 19 midterm elections, the party that's out of power uh, gained seats and essentially gained control, I think. I don't know about control, but I definitely know seats they gained. Um, like we saw in, in 2018, for example, we saw a slight blue wave coming in here. It wasn't as big as people were predicting. Again, I think because polling's off. But it was significant um, enough to to really retake a lot of places, except for in state legislatures. I actually noticed that that uh, state legislatures were still um, significantly up uh, for Republicans. And I think that that's where we've been seeing a lot of movement towards the right right now. Like, look at school boards, for example, like the whole thing with Loudoun County. And then there's um, uh, what was it? Uh, is it Carroll Lake or South Lake? The South Lake uh, election that happened a couple couple weeks ago where uh republicans turned out three times as many voters and then or three times as many voters as in the past and won by about 70 30 uh on everything and i think it's because um in a lot of ways the the messaging has shifted since for sure since 2014 and oh, it's yeah. a little bit more effective for republicans like they're starting to learn which is you know surprising because they usually don't well, I think, you know, 2016 and the new populist movement has really lit a fire under everyone's butt when it comes to actually going and voting. I think people are finally starting to realize the importance of local voting as well. Yeah, um, which I, I like. I mean, the more involved you are in your in your local school board and local everything else, it's great. I mean, I used to, um, as part of my film production, I would uh, videotape school board meetings and like nobody was there. It was like me and like two other people. And that was about it. <laughs> So you definitely should go because it's important what they're, you know, what they teach and everything like that. I think we're um, on, on Wednesday, we have a podcast coming out where me and Brock talk about uh, like restrictions in the classroom and, and various things like that and what to teach versus how to teach and or uh, what to think and how, versus how to think and how kind of both of them are necessary. So it's an interesting conversation. Other than that, I think another reason why uh, the Republicans are doing a lot better or learning um, as you said, is because they're a lot of people say that the Overton window has moved to the left, but I think it the right hasn't really moved to the left. They've just moved more libertarian. I, I would agree with that. I think uh, I think I, I think that they're they're moving libertarian in issues that they need to, 
and then yeah. they're moving traditional issues that they should be as well. I was like, going to say, Republicans are far less libertarian when it comes to large corporations, for example. Yeah, um, which I think, is, I think is the right move right now. I'm not I saying think. that they are libertarians, but yes. they're moving. Yeah. No, no, I get what you're saying. Like, you, I mean, there's a, a lot of libertarian yeah. uh, uh, help. So, and I think that I think that if we want Kibbles is, is uh, I and um, surprise on Black have said this as well. I I do think that DeSantis is kind of representing a lot of where we're, where the party's going right now, and I really hope that he ends up running in, in 2024 because. He's not as okay. So he takes the willingness to act and willingness to address important issues that Trump had. Okay, he's not a jerk. <laughs> on the at least on the level that Trump was, he very well might be. He's a very aggressive, but like he's not like a jerk. Okay, like an out and out. I don't want to curse, but uh, a hole. You know, he's not a big a hole uh, mm -hmm. as far as I've been able to tell. Um, he seems to be able to stand up to criticism from his own side and the opposing side without taking it to heart, which I think is also really important that like, Trump had very thin skin, I think, and would let things under, get underneath his skin in a lot of ways that really undermined his ability to get things done. The dude has Good his name that. on buildings all around the world. He has to have an ego. Yes. And I don't think DeSantis has nearly as much of an ego. The only yeah. problem I see going forward in 2024 for the right right now is... Um, if Trump does not get out of the way, which very well might happen. Uh, however, with the way that the Democrats are going, like Joe Biden's definitely not going to run. I don't, I don't think anyone here thinks that. Well, okay. And here's we the, don't know, we don't even know if he'll survive the whole four years. So I, don't know that. Like, I think that, I think that he's getting pretty good healthcare. So I no, think he'll survive. Long. I think, but without having the 25th amendment evoked, that's another question entirely. Yeah. But uh, yeah. we know that Biden's not going to run because he said himself during the campaign that he's a placeholder president yeah, so that another president. younger Democrat can get in the office. His only concern was getting Trump out of office. Yeah. And I think that that's what a lot of voters were for as well. Like, if we were to look at the midterms again, um, you know, we dipped a little bit into the GOP primary, but mm -hmm. um, talking about midterms, if you look at uh, Georgia, you know, uh, there's a lot of talk of, of Warnock being and um uh, the other guy, I can't remember his name, David something. Uh, regardless, uh, there's a lot of talk of Warnock being like, oh, you know, we, they flipped Georgia, Georgia's blue. No. If you look at the voter turnout data, you'll see that because of Trump, again, uh, he demotivated people by saying that the election was fraudulent, which it wasn't, uh, and uh, kind of reduced the turnout that we needed to see. So instead of Democrats necessarily picking up votes. We just saw, compared to what happened in November, we saw no like significantly less Republicans show up because they thought it was all rigged. Well, and so we, like, oh. we we all called that. We knew it was going to happen. We asked them not to do it, and that's where Trump's ego comes out to kick him in the butt because and yeah. you know just Every, because everything wrong with Trump comes from his ego, and then everything right also comes from his ego. So if you take away the ego, you lose up everything there. But I'm okay with just like I do not want Trump to run. No, I just seriously don't. And I was having a discussion with somebody, I don't want to name any names, uh, and I was arguing with them because they, they're like, oh, yeah, we got to get Trump again. I'm like, no, no, not at all. Zero percent, zero percent. I didn't vote for Trump in the primary in 2016 because I wasn't really paying attention. Because you told was, me you wouldn't be my friend. Yeah, and I also told you I wouldn't be your friend if you, if you did. But then I also, like, I've, I've only ever been a fan of Trump 
in opposition to what else is on the field. Like very, I'm very pragmatic when it comes to my vote, uh, in that sense. So, well, I know, think one of the biggest voting. So, but what, one what, of the what, biggest what? problems is if like Trump runs again, is that people would vote for him mm -hmm. just despite like the 2020 elections yeah. like it wouldn't be for any right policy reasons or that he could you know make america great again it would just be because you know they were mad about the 2020 elections and you know f everybody else go trump kind of thing yeah. instead of actually looking at the candidates well if trump runs again it's not just gonna be the republicans only you know everyone's gonna vote once again based on whether they like or dislike trump you could run policy yeah, you could run, you could run, and to use Nancy Pelosi's words, a glass of water with a D slapped on the side against Trump, and the glass of water would win um, because of how easy it is for the uh, media to really dig in and turn people against Trump. Um, yeah, and I'll just Twinkle that, Muncher, thanks that, for the sub. Wait, hey. who just subbed? Twinkle Muncher. Oh. Hey, let's go, baby. Our first right. Let's go. Um, but, uh, well, what I was going to say, though, is like, let's also look at who voted for what and like, what's the change from 2020 from 2016 to 2020? There was, I think, a drop of about five points for uneducated white males, married white men or whatever. Like Trump's base dropped significantly. He lost a large portion of his base uh, and particularly white males. And they went to Biden. However, he did gain significantly with the latino community if this trend continues since 2016 he's been like the republican party in general has been gaining with latinos if that continues we could see i think it's now at a plurality or it's close i correct me if i'm wrong uh uh chat um like if you guys want to look into this i know it's i know it's significantly higher than uh than it used to be particularly in florida um but yeah, no, he, he's been gained with that. And then he also made gains in the black community, for example, as well. Significant gains. I think he gained like 50% uh, of what he had before. I was going to say, com, com, you know, comparatively, I think, yeah, I think he was at like 12% yeah. or something, and he had like eight in the prior one. Um, so, but this, this is significant because yeah. the, the Democrats have historically ran on a platform of Republicans are racist. Republicans only care about uh, themselves. They only care about... Uh, lining their own pockets, and despite all the media pressure in in 2020 and 2019, despite this platform, Trump still gained, and Republicans in general, still gained support in these communities, and that logically should not have happened if their messaging was working, mm -hmm. which is why I think we're going to see an even greater shift in 2022, once again, because the Democrats don't have Trump to sit there as a scapegoat. They're trying, yeah. and they're still they're trying they're to yeah, they're trying to replace him with other other people too, like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. But it's just not working. People are it's not tired. As effective, and also the the media itself counts for ten to fifteen points in favor of Democrats. That's been a, the case for uh, decades at this point. It's actually I think I believe there's been a study on it. I can't I can't cite it right now, but I do recall there being some kind of. Uh, looking at how the media influences elections and it seems to be well in favor of the democrats which is understandable um and i think looking at viewership losses right now across the board every single show except for tucker carlson for whatever reason has lost viewership and malcast uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're all going over malcast that's what that's what they've happened. all been coming here yeah uh, all seven people uh, 
have another one. Hey, it's to all of CNN's viewership. So yeah, um, it is. that's yeah. But but like you know, you've seen CNN losing millions. They they all lost the Trump bump. You know, so I don't think people are watching the media as much. So we might see that that media gains for Democrats significantly go down. However, when it comes to uh, 2024, they do have some interesting candidates coming up, um, or at least interesting seats that are up for uh, up for election. And I think that uh, there are some people that are suggesting that Arizona might flip. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I really don't. Um, I think that Arizona is probably pretty safe uh, for that. Um, it's uh, Mark Kelly uh, took office it just now in 2020. And I think that he's probably going to stay in there for a while because he's very much is a, you know, he's definitely a Democrat, but he has a lot of broad appeal, I think. So, but it was a very close vote. It's 51, he won 51.2% of the vote. So it's very close, but I do think that he's probably safe. Um, and then they, ha they have like other candidates um, along that same line. Like I think Colorado's probably safe. I could see Pennsylvania flipping. Uh, I mentioned this earlier. I could see Pennsylvania flipping. I could definitely see Wisconsin flipping. Uh, what? California. Well, California is still blue though. <laughs> it's totally California, their flip. If California flips, I'd be very surprised. I would eat my hat. I me too. That no. would like I would eat both of my mega hats. Considering I'm pretty sure every Republican that's like hard R Republican moved out of that state and that's why they yeah. lost population for the first time in like thirty years. Yeah, okay, uh, but let let's not forget that a lot of these states that were just because the Senate goes uh goes blue doesn't mean that all of the reps are. I mean how many how many Republican reps are from California? At least one, I don't know the exact number. Uh, I can look it up. Crimson DTV. Thanks for the follow, man. I appreciate it. Crim what? What's his name? Crimson DTV. Oh. Solid. Yeah. Solid. Right. It is. That's all. Um, okay, so from California, there's at least one named Doug LaMalfa, and he's like all the northern, north northeastern part of the state. Uh, and then Tom McClintock is right underneath him. And then underneath him is uh, Jay Obern, Obern Nolte. Uh, New rule. We only elect people with names we can pronounce. Yeah. Wow, Crimson DTV, you are really killing it. Thanks for the sub, man. Wait, back what? to back. Wow, all right. That's pretty insane. Wow. Okay. But yeah, no, it's, uh, it's definitely... I don't, I don't know who that is. That's exciting. We got to take one sub. Um, but no, there's definitely, like I was saying, there's a lot of play right now that I think um, in in the in the Senate. I do think we could see New Hampshire switch, and that's all dependent on the governor. Um, if the gov the governor is currently a Republican, for those of you guys who don't know, and he's very well liked, like he wins, like New Hampshire, Vermont, and Maine all are kind of very similar, I think, in a lot of how they vote. I mean, we have Susan Collins up in Maine, we have Bernie Sanders in Vermont. Um, and then we have uh, the governor of, of New Hampshire, all kind of stranger individuals. Dude, Crimson DTV, uh, you are killing it. Thank you for the thousand bits, man. That is insane. Oh, wow. Thanks, Crimson DTV. <laughs> but I was saying though, it, it it like they're all very strange. We could see New Hampshire switching. 
so explain to us. Okay, so you have these states, especially in the Northeast, that mm-hmm. vote Republican locally. They have some Republican reps, Republican governors, but they ha- they vote blue at the national election. Is it because um, Democrats are better at mobilizing people for national elections, or is there something else at, at play in that? In that, what what's motivating these people to show up to these elections, but not the local ones? So. When it comes to this kind of stuff, it's definitely um, Hylian's. Uh, I know him personally, so it's definitely Hylian's uh, area of expertise. My, my, the- uh, I guess technically call thesis for everyone else uh, work was more on policy, and his was more on voting uh, behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I were to take a stab at it, I would say that a lot of these people typically are very fond of split tickets, um, so that they might vote. Oh and this, this actually, this actually we saw. Why? Oh my god, we got more Crimson D T V. You are just making it rain in here, man. Doing? Clearly. Um but <laughs> You're I awesome. Thank that you. Thank you got, so much. Uh, we we got, you know, a lot of split tickets in twenty twenty just across the board because a lot of people voted for Biden and then would vote down ticket Republican, which is why we saw a lot of Republicans pick up seats as well, just in general. Mm-hmm. Um particularly when it comes to local elections. And I think that might be because the uh the media portrays Democrats also as very likable candidates and Republicans is very unlikable, but then they also know their local representatives and they're like, oh yeah, you know, take Chuck Grassley, for example, he's very, very popular in Iowa. Like, oh yeah, I know Chuck, I've seen him. Like he goes on tours all the time and then Tony or Joni Ernst copies him, you know? <laughs> so like, I know him, I've known him for 20 some odd years and he's a decent fellow, unlike uh, Steve King, who everyone knew and hated. Um, yeah, so, I actually, so fun fact, I actually had dinner with uh, Chuck Grassley back when I was in DMLA. Oh, okay. So he, uh, he's a former, he, oh, he is a uh, uh, Mason, and so he comes to DMLA events all the time. So we had our, oh, I think it was our win- one of our winter events, and he came, and we had a big dinner, and he was, you know, obviously our guest of honor, and we just sat down and talked for a while. Um, I wasn't as into politics at the time because I was... 16 17 um but it was still really he's he's super chill he loves to sit down and talk to people and Mm. one of the things that uh, always impressed me about him is that he actually does his job so yeah and he he has pretty broad support too like he's Mm -hmm. as far as i'm aware fairly well liked as well by by people who lean left um but i can be corrected on that obviously so jess i know that you're pretty uninterested in uh these uh these discussions because nobody's far right enough for you but like what as someone who's kind of on the fringes here what what do you think about uh what have you seen discussion wise um like in general about elections yeah sure like uh, what do you think like people are going like as far as uh, the the sentiment i mean you talk to a lot of people and you hear overhear things at work so like what's going on well can tell in all honesty it seems like pretty much since the 2020 elections everyone's just burnt out and doesn't want to talk politics like they're kind of just sick of it at this point um and besides disregarding the fact that like the whole mass mandate thing is all from the government and just a government ploy like obviously everyone was still talking about covid and all that regulations and stuff but besides that like it really just seems like people have kind of mellowed out and just want to not think about mm-hmm politics for a while um and also in regards to james question earlier about like why people show up for national elections but not so much local elections i think part of it and granted i've always been from like a smaller town and that kind of thing in iowa 
But a lot of times local elections have like one person on the ballot for each position. And so a lot of times it seems like those local elections aren't important because it's like, well, people aren't even competing for it. So, you know, what's the point? Or there are two people, um, but you don't really take time to read up on it because, again, I think there's just this concept or misconception that local government doesn't really matter. Like, what's the point in it? Um, I mean, obviously it affects some local taxes and that kind of thing. But besides that, uh, people just don't realize the importance of it. As for a national thing, you feel like you're actually doing something. And, you know, surely if we fix the federal government, then everything in the world, will, like the whole United States will be fixed. Because um, that's how that works. So Right. Well, yeah. and that's the thing. People, people don't realize that. So if you elect Joe Biden or Donald Trump, they get to determine, you know, some appoint. They get to determine very, very important appointments. They get to direct policy, but they're not the ones who actually get to implement. Who act, or they technically are the ones implementing it, but they don't get to actually vote on it. They get, to, uh, you know, if we elect Chuck Grassley, he doesn't fix the potholes in, in, over on Fifty Third Street. He doesn't determine what gets taught in our schools. He determines. You know, are we going to sign this trade deal with the EU? Are we going to, you know, pass these tariffs on China? Not, and that matters, I think, in the grand scheme of things. But people don't realize that they have literally no influence whatsoever over your daily life. Um, at least uh, your day-to-day life. Let me say that, not your daily life. Um, well, and part of it is also like advertising. Obviously, you see tons more ads for. Mm-hmm people running for you know the u.s house of representatives or presidential elections there's tons of because they have the money to do it local local, um senators and stuff just don't have the money for all that campaigning so they do it a lot more you know they'll visit a local restaurant and then do campaigning there but it's not as widespread and so then again if you're not into politics obviously you're not going to make the effort to go to those like in-person things that local um politicians go to yeah and i i like I think you hit the nail on the head there, though, with with like what you're saying uh, at the beginning, in the sense that a lot of people are very burnt out. I think the only people who are still interested in politics right now and will be by 2022 are those people that are angry, because anger is going to last a lot. Like James over here, James is just boiling. Uh, anger lasts That's a lot longer secret. than. Uh, I'm always yeah, angry. What? That's my secret. I'm yeah. always angry. Yeah. Um, so I think that I think that people are probably going to uh, we're going to see turnout for republicans at a significantly higher rate than um are expected again as typical like i was saying at the beginning with like the polling being off um and considering it's off year i don't think i don't think a lot of center left default liberal types are even going to turn out because they're like oh joe biden's in we're good you know and they're just not going to vote so i think that i think we've seen a historically high republican turnout in this last election i mean donald trump gained them had the most votes out of any sitting president ever period Mm -hmm. so I think we could see a lot of those people turn out again in very similar numbers, whereas a lot of the Joe Biden voters might go back and vote again for Republican because, like I said, we saw a lot of people vote Joe Biden top ticket and then Republican well, down ticket. For them to do that, you got to dig them out of their graves again. Okay, well, that's also true. But uh. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the other thing, too, is I think people like we're so, you know, Trump is such a bad guy that as soon as we get him out of office, then everything must be fixed, everything must be fine, you know. 
I haven't heard any mean tweets, so that must mean our federal government is going really well. Yeah. And so when you're not hearing about it constantly and the media is not constantly criticizing the president, well, then, yeah, you're not going to think about it either. It's I what the media is pushing. The media is saying, well, Everything's great. Biden's exercising every day. Right. You know, all that kind of thing. And this, <laughs> this goes back to what we were talking about earlier with approval ratings. So Biden has steadily, he still has a higher approval rating than what Trump did. I'm pretty sure at his highest, he was at like 47 yeah. point something. Right yeah. after he got yeah, elected, his highest was like forty-eight. Yeah, so it's regardless, it's still lower than Biden's forty-nine, yeah. and it's in. It's because if you talk to people, they're like, "What? What is? What is Biden doing?" They don't know if if they know anything. It's either COVID, which they think he's doing a good job on, or the border, which pretty much everyone, really yeah, going. everyone agrees that he's doing a bad job. That's because the media can't, you know, yeah. cover for him on that one. Or alternatively, the third option is. I don't think he's caught. I don't think he's alive. You know, I don't think he's, I don't think he's aware of what's going on, you know, but, but that's not, I don't like uh, for a lot of people that's like, yeah, I don't want my president doing anything. So like, that's good job. That's fair, but he's that's not one of the reasons why I'd actually rather have Bernie as a president than Biden because the Democrats and the Republicans in the House and the Senate would never let Bernie do anything. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Anything that he wants to do, they'd be like, no, both sides. So I'd be like, we're I, winning. I, I personally, <laughs> I, don't want the president I, to would, do anything. I would be more comfortable with Bernie circa like 2016 because in 2016, he was like, oh, open borders, brother's conspiracy. And I'm like, sounds yeah. good. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm all about that. Let's stop that then. You know, yeah. and now he's like, or he was a sellout. So, but. Yeah. Um, so, Patrick, run us down. So, obviously, the entire house is up for re-election, and we've talked about how it's probably going to swing uh, red in this election, just following historical data and kind of anecdotal data from what we've seen. Very swing, but very tightly. Yes, and and that makes sense. But what about the Senate? So, um, yeah, I am the Senate. <laughs> So Palpatine's up. I um, am science. Yep. And that's, you know, that's why I don't support the, you know, the whole thing with Israel and Palestine. I don't really like Palestine because he turned Anakin to the dark side. Um, right. I want to throw oh that out there. God, that was but, a terrible joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so up for election, we have, um, hope, uh, so on the, on the incumbent, sorry, on the incumbent Democrat side, we have Hawaii, Georgia, uh, Connecticut, Colorado, California, Arizona, Illinois, Maryland, Nevada, New Hampshire, New York, Oregon, Vermont, and Washington up for election. On the Republican side, we have Missouri, North Carolina, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, uh, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, South Dakota, Utah, Wisconsin, Alaska, or no, Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, Florida, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, and Louisiana. You know, I want to move to Alaska so badly. Uh, I was actually looking at job postings. Be nice. Um, so, and unfortunately, James, I'm sorry, but the senator that's up for election is Mike Lee. Uh, not wait, say that again. Not, the Utah senator that's up for election is not Mitt Romney. It is Mike Lee, so he's oh. not out. Yeah, well, Mitt Romney was just up for re-election. No, he got yeah, elected he in 2018. Yeah, 2018. Oh, God, we need to get Mitt Romney out. I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge Romney fan myself. I think. I think he's just. I think it was a terrible. Looking looking back, because I wasn't paying attention, obviously, on 2012, I think he was a terrible candidate, should never have run. I think, uh, what's his nuts, uh, the guy uh, from Arizona was also a terrible candidate in 2008. Oh, McCain? McCain. Like, 
I feel like Romney in 2012 was our Joe Biden. It's just oh, like yeah, throwaway candidates. Like, uh, I mean, we're not going to win anyway. So just like, yeah. Well, look, that guy. look at the Republican field in 2008 and 2012. We, you know, you look at this last election cycle and everyone's going, the Democrats don't have any stars. It's all B tier, B or C tier candidates. Well, that was the Republican Party in 2008 and 2012. Yeah. 2016, we came out and we had the a few. That should have won for the Democrats in 2020 in the primary, had non- no shenanigans happened, was Bernie Sanders. He yeah. had all of the momentum going into Super Tuesday and then all, like everyone dropped out. And they're like, yeah, Joe Biden. And then yeah. that's when you see it flip. Mm-hmm. Because he was that's winning, he was it's, walking it's away. A big club, and you're not in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, buddy, how's it going? Establishment decides who is going to be president and not. Mm-hmm. But so, look, look at what we what we are seeing right now. We see a lot of Republicans retiring, and a lot of them are the old school GOP, the rhinos that are part of the establishment, and they're now giving away, giving way to the lion Republicans. Yeah. When does Mitch McConnell join them? Uh, uh, hopefully soon. Yeah. Hopefully soon. He's not the worst. In my, I, I, this is I disagree. Uh, he's not the worst, but he ain't even halfway towards but, the best. But um, I mean, he he gets a lot of things done, and he runs a lot of coalitions. So it's a tough thing to get. It's tough to get forty nine other senators to agree with you on anything, and it's significantly hard to do that in the House. Well, so, yeah, but I mean, I give, him, I give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not saying he's a great senator by any stretch of the imagination. He's but a fantastic politician, and that's what's wrong with him. Yeah, he's a great politician. politician. He's a very, very clever, cocaine-snorting uh, politician. Yeah. But other than that, not not very, not very good. Uh, but a if lot anything, of the things... If anything shows you, the main villain in all the Star Wars movies is a politician, so... Yeah. Yeah. You know. um, so, along the same Actually, lines... Actually, in, in the sequel trilogy, the main villain is bad writing. Yes, that's that, true. the main villain is a Kathleen mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. That's the overarching villain in the season. Um, as far as I'm concerned, seats that are up to switch parties. Because we're having like five or so people retiring. Um, like you said, I think all almost all of them are establishment. I think pretty much all of them are establishment Republicans. So I don't think that that has any bearing. I think that actually secures the seat more than anything else. Oh, 100%. Um, I think that as far as Republicans go, the two seats that are most vulnerable are the, like I was mentioning before, the uh, Pennsylvania seat and then the Wisconsin seat. I think those are the two most vulnerable seats for Republicans. And I think that those are the ones that we could look to lose on the Republican side of the aisle. Um, I think Wisconsin is more secure than Pennsylvania, personally. Um, So I would say, if you had to ask me, I would say, "Mm, I could probably see Pennsylvania's flipping and Wisconsin staying red, just looking at the vote tallies and and vote voting behaviors in 20, uh, 2018. Uh, on the Democrat side, I think that there's a lot more play over here, and it entirely depends on who runs. So worst case scenario for the Democrats, you have someone like Tulsi Gabbard in Hawaii come out and say, I'm running as a Republican now. I think she wins that seat. I think she wins all the all the Republican support for sure in that state, which is like two people and a goat. And then then she wins like a, a, por- a significant portion of the Democrat um, uh, electorate there and i think she could walk away with it unfortunately I, tulsi is pretty much stepping yeah. back so i don't think I, i'm pretty happen. sure she's just like not even doing it. she's not interested in politics anymore i thought she was a great candidate i mean i think she would have made a great president uh compared to what we have now oh obviously. yeah i mean i can here yeah. here's the thing like if i if i had to pick between tulsi and trump i still would have voted for trump because he had a much uh 
tougher stance on China, but mm-hmm. you know, Tulsi would have been a would have out oh, of yeah. everyone been my yeah. second choice. If it was up to Tulsi or Biden, I would have voted for Tulsi. I think oh, it was up, okay. if it was up to Tulsi versus I'm any of the other candidates, I would have voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. I think Tulsi's just great. I think she's got great messaging. I think she had a really bipartisan stance. I think she was willing to listen to opposing viewpoints. Uh, you know, I think she's a I think she's all around a pretty decent person. Uh, but like I said, if she if she were to, which I doubt is going to happen, uh, I think she could take Hawaii. Otherwise, there's no way. There's a zero percent chance that it's ever going to flip. Um, you know, beyond Georgia, I'm 99 percent certain that it's going to flip back to red. So that's a swap of one and one. Um, Democrats retain the, the Senate then. So Pen- Pennsylvania goes blue. Georgia comes back to being red. That's a one for one trade. We're wait. We're back where we started. Howard. It's a one-for-one trade. Um, Along the same lines, I think, obviously, Connecticut's safe. California's safe. Colorado, I'm pretty sure, is safe at this Mm -hmm. point. Uh, You know, it's just, it's a very interesting state, but I I definitely think that it's going to stay blue. I think Arizona, like I was saying before, I think that's going to probably stay blue. I think a lot of uh, conservative uh, analysts are wrong about that. Illinois, I've been surprised in the past, but I don't see it going to stay blue. Red. The rest think, of the states held hostage. It's going to yes, stay blue. I think that that I think that that's going to stay blue. Um, and I think that like again, same thing with California. All the people that were going to vote red left, and that's why they lost population. You know, uh, except so for Mike. yes, except for Mike. Maryland's obviously safe. Nevada, I think, is again safe. I think New Hampshire, depending on if the governor runs, could flip. But that's depending on who runs again. I think New York is definitely safe. I think Oregon's safe. I think Vermont's safe. And I think Washington's safe. So, so I hear a lot of people... going to stay exactly the same, 50-50. I hear a lot of people saying that the Republicans are going to come in. They're going to have a filibuster-proof majority in the Senate. They're going to retake the House by, you know, like 10, 12 seats or whatever. You just don't see that happening. I don't. I really... Like, like I said, I think I gave two... So first of all, this is a really bad election cycle for Republicans. I'm going to be upfront about that. There's more seats up for Republicans to lose than there are to gain. Okay. And the type of seats matter as well. Um, I think the last election we saw was the most vulnerable for Republicans, and they came out ahead-ish on their their, uh, predictions, right? Uh, They lost significantly less than they thought they were going to lose, first of all. I think it's just going to be a wash. I think we're going to, I think the Republicans are going to lose Pennsylvania and I think that they're just going to pick up Georgia and then that's going to be it. <laughs> you know, that's the only two switches, but we could be surprised again. If the governor, um, uh, what's his, what's his name? Uh, I had it up here, uh, recently, uh, Chris Sununu, if he runs in New Hampshire, I think that that's going to be a red state, but we also could have him run in New Hampshire, get a red state and we lose Wisconsin, you know, like, I think it's a wash in like most most scenarios. Uh, I really don't see Republicans retaking control of the Senate um, unless some of those things happen. And that means if you live in one of those states that's blue and you're a Republican, try to figure out how to, how to get more people voting. Because I think it's possible. I think it's more possible for Republicans to take back the House, or the Senate rather, than it is for, for Democrats to hold on to the House. I think the House is going to go red. I really do. Right. And we're, we're going to see we're going to see the power of redistricting coming into play. Regardless of how scummy and political that is, that's going definitely going to come in play. Conservatives hold sixty percent or two thir- or sixty six percent, something like that, of all uh, state le- uh, legislatures. Okay, so I really think that that's going to come into play, and the redistricting only really affects the House races. 
Yeah, so. and one you 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 brought the point that you know if you're in a blue state, you're Republican, definitely get people to vote. You know, if you're a Democrat in a red state, then the uh, we vote on Wednesdays. <laughs> well, and... I'm going to get flagged for that now as misinformation or whatever because that's what happened to somebody who told a joke on Twitter. Oh yeah, he got okay. like he got his account uh, banned or whatever. That's yeah. a joke, by the way, yeah. for everyone. You know, Tuesday is election day, but it's always been a joke that you tell the opposing party to vote on uh, the day after. But so, so I, th- I I feel like and this this could be anecdotal. So correct me if I'm wrong. That um, you tend to see Democrats vote more in red states than you do Republicans in blue in blue districts. Patrick, yeah. is that is that the, is that the case? Sorry, restate that. What was that again? You you see Democrats vote. Democrats living in red districts vote more often than republicans living oh, in yeah, blue districts yeah. and i, I think it's because do. of a defeatist mentality which oh, yeah. you you're never you know this is the whole th- this is the whole you know related to the whole third party debate for anyone out there who's a libertarian like you're never going to change anything if you don't go and actually vote surprise on blacks as i live in pennsylvania we're staying red you are young all right well thank you i hope i'm wrong that'd be awesome yeah so That'd be great. So, be a big personally. so in the last ten minutes here, let's let's pivot to the twenty twenty election. So obviously a lot can happen. Or twenty twenty four. Or twenty twenty four. Twenty twenty four. Sorry. Okay, that's right. Uh, I forget what year it is because I lost a year yeah, and a half of my I'm life to the CCP virus. Twenty twenty election, or we'll get banned. Yeah. No, I I, I forgot what year it was because I lost a year and a half of my life to the CCP virus. Yeah. No. So, so I think with twenty twenty four, there's a variety of things that can happen. We were four years out. Well, not necessarily four years out. I guess three years out from anything in, in, interesting happening. Mm-hmm. I think I made this prediction in in, uh, in 2019. We are going to see another hot summer in 2022. And by hot, I don't mean temperature. I mean like civil unrest. We're going to see an, an incredibly hot summer, I think, in 2024, especially if Trump runs again. Um, that's definitely going to happen. Uh, but it's still going to be hot regardless because we're going to see people take to the streets. We're going to see a bunch of random crap happening. Um, I think... When it comes to 2024, it really depends on who's running. If Kamala Harris runs, I think anyone can beat her because even with Joe Biden, and she's not the center of attention, she is significantly underwater with approval rating. She's like below 40% approval and above 50 for sure disapproval. I, I don't have the exact stats on hand, so you can correct me if I'm wrong, chat, but she's really disliked by a lot of people. Even Democrat voters hate her. That's why she dropped she, out before the first primary. She dropped out of the race before... Yeah, uh, polls even came in. Yeah, because she knew she was going to. She lose. knew it was like, okay, I'm not even going <laughs> to. Just, well, like, just to be clear, she received fewer delegates than Tulsi Gabbard. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Tulsi got one. Yes. Uh, but I think if she runs, it's a shoe in for whoever. As long as it's not Trump, it's a shoe in. If it's Trump, mm-hmm. then it's going to be competitive. Yeah. Uh, I think if DeSantis runs, DeSantis has my support personally. I think DeSantis is a great candidate. Um, I think that he would make a great commander in chief. I'm sorry, Florida, we're going to steal your governor. Um, but I think he's been positioning for it as well. And I think if I wanted to say, I think he's positioned for leadership among the governors specifically. Like when he was sending um, troops uh, or, or police officers or whoever he sent, was it state troopers? State or was police, it... yeah. Okay, so state troopers. When he sent state troopers to to um, Texas, I think that was a show of, of strength and solidarity among other governors. And then you see Christy Noem copy him, but do worse. Of course. Um, so uh, to give you my opinion on Christy Noem, there you go. 
so I think that DeSantis is really coming out as a leader. And I, I just hope that all these other politicians put aside their ego and say, listen, we got to get behind this guy because he's, he's definitely great. Well, and I'm trying to pick out, okay, who could run in the primaries against Trump? So Trump probably is going to run. DeSantis hopefully is going to run. So who else could could we see? Um, I don't think any of the other any other governors would be able to stand up to Chris either Snow, of those two. Chris Snow is probably going to run, but I don't think she'll stand up for. I it. think I think she might put her name in the hat, but I think that she'd end up be, being picked for VP. I think DeSantis yeah. has all of the good press on his side nationally, whereas Christy Nome is much more popular within her state for you, obvious you reasons. Do you think Romney would run? I think that Rom. I hope. I hope to God Romney runs because I just want to watch yeah, him lose. If he runs and he wants to like actually have a chance, he should run as a Democrat. Yeah, yeah, he would that, probably get more right. votes. That, that, that is that is accurate. Um, yeah. um, I hope Mike Pence doesn't run because I think I don't want to see him get booed again. No, that, that made me sad seeing so, him get booed. Let's look at let's look at the Senate I don't want though. Mike Pence to run. I mean, he's still establishment anyway, so yeah, but like he's not a terrible person. I think he's a I think he's, he's actually a pretty decent. He's an establishment. He's an establishment yeah. Republican, and and that's why Trump picked him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that he could have some talk. Jess, what do you think about uh what do you think about um who who would you want? Who's who? who's attractive? Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Okay. Because he can chug a whole bottle of tequila, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's it, why. Okay. It would not surprise me if Dwayne ran just the way just Dwayne the way. I think I could think I could see him getting actually elected. Yeah, and we just so you know, he he would run he's he like falls into the conservative Democrat camp. Mm-hmm. Which is not I mean, that, you know, it's better than Biden. Yes, yes, obviously. The other one. Um at the very Jocko least, he, uh... No no, who's the guy from the movie? Uh, oh, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, he's he's in politics now too. Is he oh, really? I have no idea what yeah, no, I, I heard that too. Oh, hello. He has way too much yeah. of an ego, but that would probably help him get elected. So yeah, yeah, he's getting into politics now. So, but uh, what about yeah, Sam? Contender. I think I I would be really happy with the DeSantis, and then either have Nikki Haley or Tim Scott as a uh, as a VP. I think that'd be great. I think Nikki Haley's great. I think she's she's really good when it comes to international affairs. And I think Tim Scott's great when it comes to domestic affairs. I think he's a wonderful senator. Yeah, Tim Scott was what I was thinking about as well. Okay. I would I would like Rand Paul, but I know he's not gonna win. So no, I would no. say the best chance to take the uh the White House would be DeSantis. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think I oh. don't want any anyone with the last name Trump, I don't want them to run. I don't want Ivanka to run, I don't want Donald Trump Jr. to run, I wouldn't vote for any of them. Yeah, um, I want, to run. I want um, uh, Biden's son to run. What, Hunter? Yeah, I want Hunter. Well, I mean, if you mean like, run, I mean, go pick up some know crack. everything about me. I'm a, crack, you know, I'm, a, I'm a crackhead. I'm a I'm, I'm, a, I've got, I'm just like America. I'm a crackhead. I do this. I do you. Yeah. For sure. Um, I think uh, I, I don't want... I, I think Crenshaw would be fine as a VP, but I still think that Tim Scott would be a better VP mm-hmm. than Crenshaw. Um, like I said, I don't want, really want Mike Pence to run. I really hope Joni Ernst stays away. Joni Ernst doesn't stand a chance. She's like I met her in person. She's really sweet. Yeah, terrible politician. Yeah, is Hillary no. Clinton gonna try for the third time? I hope not. Yeah, right. Remember, hey, third time. I hope so, just to see her lose again. Remember when she was that, like, I just 
I'm tired of seeing her. Remember when she was toying around with it at the 2020 election? She was like, oh, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, I might run, but, you know, and then the second that she mentioned she might run, literally everybody, both, that was the only point of unification in 2020 was both sides were like, no, shut up. You're not going to run. And then everyone Get was like, everyone's Nobody like, likes you. Everyone's like yep. Biden's going to pick Hillary as his VP. <laughs> and it's like, that would, that would just yeah, tank I'm Biden, I think. Die. <laughs> I think. Kamala Harris has all of the problems with Hillary Clinton. She's she's literally a cop. It's like there's mm-hmm. no good side to Hillary Clinton. Even down to the laugh. It's yeah, it's so Kamala's weird. Creepy. I always carry hot sauce in my purse. Oh God, Kamala's creepy. I'm so happy that your mic didn't pick up that that laugh. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't even want to hear an imitation of it. Ooh. But um... and, and, and I think I just want to read. I want to point this out though. Like when we say we don't want so and so to run, unless it comes down to Trump, they're doing fine where they are. They should stay where they are. And, and, and Mitt Romney, I just don't want. Like I don't like Mitt Romney. Um, every like Chrissy Nome doing fine. You know, I think she has a lot to improve on, but doing fine. Uh, you know, uh, Mike Pence. I don't have any bad blood with Mike Pence. I think that particularly when it came to the whole thing with January six, I think he did the right thing. Sorry. Uh, for everyone that uh, does not like that, but I'm totally fine with what, what he did. I think that, uh, you know, continuing on the process was the right move there. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope to God that anyone with the last name Trump stays away and does not run. And the best thing that Trump could do is to say, hey guys, listen, I'm listen, everyone, I'm stepping back. Okay, I, 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 I can't do it. You do sound very good. Anymore. I haven't heard enough of him lately, so I can't really, I used to have a really because he's banned oh. everywhere. That's true. That's true. So, but, but like you said, listen, everyone, you know, I'm great. You know what? I know it. Everyone knows it. I'm not going to run. I think we have some candidates in there. Hint, hint, wink, wink. And like points out a picture of DeSantis or something. Of course. That are going to be fine. Okay. They have my blessing. I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to help them from the outside. You know, like something like that. I think that'd be great. I think the best thing in the world is if he gets like shellacked in New York with the whole court thing. And then, like, that blows up so he can't run. And then, like, you use it. And then the Republicans can use that and say, look at these corrupt Democrats. Like, look what they're doing. And then, like, use it as a point yeah. uh, to attack him with. I think him getting banned from social media is great as well because then we don't have to worry about him. Yeah, it's, it's he stops giving the media ammunition. Now, 90 seconds. Give me who you think the Democrats are going to run and, wh- and, whether or not, and why. Like, why do you think they are going to try to run them? Yeah, let's go. Me? Yeah. Uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson because he's big and buff. That's actually probably a good guess that they might actually run not, Dwayne. Yeah, that's kind of and they know that he's already liked by the public, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mike, do you want to go or do you want me to go? Uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, Booty, Booty Man, Booty Judge. Booty Judge. Oh, booty. oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he was really popular for a while, and then the establishment was like, wait, 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 no, we don't, we don't actually right, want. You're, we're gonna you're completely shut that down. Booty Judge is gonna go. I think no. I think booty booty man is gonna be like their top candidate. Okay, I could see I could see feet being up there. That's definitely a thing. Um, I think I'm agreeing with Jess. I think that the Democrats are probably gonna run Dwayne. I think he's got the broadest approval. I think he's fairly well liked. Um, he's very much a centrist person. Um, and I I think that he's got a lot of charm, and he doesn't take extreme positions on anything. So he's gonna like everyone's gonna look and be like, all right, listen. I hate Kamala. I don't like feet booty judge either. So, you know, I guess this this uh, oh, all WWE. I don't think the establishment is going to allow 
Dwayne the Rock Johnson to maybe to the, the Democrats. I don't think they have a choice. The powerful the Republican establishment. I do. He may have the same opinions as them, but he's not in their club. They I, won't. Yeah, they won't club. have control over him when he wins. Why would they want him to run? They I don't think they have a choice because they still do not have a standout candidate. They can't run Biden again. They can't run Kamala again. They can't, or they can't run Kamala. Period. Uh, if they run Kamala, she she loses. Yeah, yeah. Again, like you said earlier, the only person that it would be Bernie enough. Yeah, they've but, well, corrupted Bernie enough. They could do Bernie. Bernie and, too. Well, Bernie's going to be yeah. six feet under by the time that happens. He's like eighty-four or something like that. He's insane. No, they don't care. They don't care. Look at well, Biden. Yeah, they were, his brain's not even functioning. Get that man a CAT scan. Yeah. Can we at least have a president who's under 60? Please? Yeah. And also, uh, how old is DeSantis? Isn't he like in the 40s or 50s? I think he's in his 40s, Patrick, yeah. Patrick, when are you running? Yeah. Me? I don't know. Fucking, dude, I, don't, I should not run. No. <laughs> you shouldn't run because your brother is a crazy psychopath. I'll run, guys. Yeah. Don't worry. The way that I would... I can't run because I can't... I, I don't I don't conform to like the whole the the thing like oh I apologize to the, or whatever if they're like uh, DeSantis is forty two that's really young yeah it is <laughs> awesome um but if they're like yeah your brother's a gun toting lunatic and I'm like yes yes next question next question <laughs> all right yeah. I am officially uh, I'm officially on the podcast right now declaring my candidacy for the president of the United States for the twenty thirty six election. 2036. Uh, when you turn 30 or is it 35? It's 35. And no, I turned 35, 35 in 2027, but you have to be 35 uh, yeah. by the time you take office. And I turned 30 or 35 on January 2nd. So there you go. I make, I make, I make the cut just barely. Yeah. No, but, I, I think my response to any question would just be so blunt that I don't think I would get any traction ever because they'd be like, Hey, what do you think about this? I'm like, I think it's stupid. Why would you ever do that? That's a really dumb decision. Next question. Well, why do you think that, sir? Uh, because it is. Next question. Like, depending on obviously what it was, what it would be. Or I'll just give like just straight up answers to anything. This is why I can't do PR. Because people would ask me, like, oh well, the company does this. I'm like, yeah. Next question. That's fair. <laughs> That's an allegation against her. Uh uh-huh. And they're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did that. What are you gonna do about it? Nestle be like Oreos or what? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna. I think we should wrap it up right there. Um, thank you guys for your incredible insight on uh, on these upcoming elections, and uh, thank you everyone for watching. Um, it was a very fun episode. We will have a special episode of Malcast coming out uh, Wednesday night, so be sure to check that out. It is a follow up to our First Amendment episode. We did just release the first episode of our mini documentary series on uh, the first on the amendments. This one is on the First Amendment, obviously, because we can count. So go check that out over on YouTube, and also check out Mike and Travis, who will be streaming this week. Tra- uh, Travis will be playing probably Destiny um, or Resident Evil Village, and uh, Mike's gonna be playing uh, Bioshock. So check that out, and yeah, thank you guys for watching. And, and, and abolish the EPA. And abolish the EPA. I'll see you guys next time.